Welcome to the Catholic Men's Show. Today, we are going to ask the question, have we made information our idol? So, now we can figure out anything we want immediately and have all of the right answers in our fingertips. And everything is fine. Everything is fine. <laughs> everything yeah. is great. It's working out wonderfully, really, by the really way. Good. Yeah. Uh, so, so the question <laughs> that we are posing today is, have we made information our idol? Are we going to do but the before we get But there. before we get there, <laughs> All right. download the brand new Awaken Catholic app. You can find this new app on the App Store, whether you have an Android or the iPhone 12. Or is it compatible with the iPhone 11? <laughs> well, we Users need to know. We specifically made it not compatible with iPhone 11 due to a uh, arrangement with Apple. Oh, man. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. It is compatible with your iPhone 11. Download the brand new Awaken Catholic app. Come hang out. It's awesome. How far will it go down? iPhone 6? <laughs> I, think, I think it goes all the way down to iPhone 6. Okay. All right. And if you have an iPhone 5... Time to upgrade. iPod, yeah. iPod Nano, you can like... You know, so you can get all the information you want whenever you want, even faster. Oh, yeah, 5G. Uh, even okay. more addictive. And also, uh, today's sponsor of the show uh, is the author, Joseph Boggs. He's a local, local author in our area, and he has written the book... Prohibition's Proving Ground. It's one of these great pieces of local history. It is about the prohibition. Cops, cars, rum runners in the Toledo, Detroit, Windsor corridor. So uh, some would say this is a history of the Grodi I'm, family. I'm, <laughs> we discussed this on our still running rum. They're still rum running. I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> what is in that cup of coffee? Oh, yeah, my gosh. Right. We have no tell. idea. He is oh drunk. All right. So... Uh, yeah, information. We can figure out anything we want, whenever we want, get information that confirms what we already think, contradicts what we already think. It's wildly available. Information is everywhere. I would actually challenge that a little bit. Mm. Go with Q. Yeah. I don't think, Let's I don't think uh, facts, so true information, uh, or the truth of the information we're seeking is easily and freely available for a lot of things. Now, if you're looking for the definition of a word... Or, you know, hey, Google, what is 2 plus 2 equals 4? Because I don't know. Um, you know, that's freely available and easily, right? But I think, and sorry if I made your Googles go off at home uh, watching this. <laughs> hey, Google. Hey, Google. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> hey, Siri. Alexa. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I think that a lot, of, a lot of the most important information that we might be looking for is very difficult to come across, actually, because what we get instead is people's opinions or people's mm. um, very filtered versions of the truth. You know, there's almost no uh, news agency that we can turn to with any confidence that we're going to get a sober, neutral presentation of what's happening or whatever. But wait, there is no such thing as a sober, neutral presentation of the news or facts. Like, even if you say, this is my sober, neutral presentation right, of the Right, that's fact, what I just meant. You yeah, yourself. Don't they all say that? They all say. Oh, that. of course, they all say that. Yeah. No, but that's exactly what I'm saying is that that doesn't exist, and that's that's actually one of the challenges is that we we have this perceived notion of like, yeah, we can get all the information we want, but like really, there's a, there for the most important stuff that's relevant right now with our current events, mm -hmm. it's actually almost impossible to get a grip on just fundamentally what is happening without the bias. Perhaps even our eternal, the eternal events. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I I like the contrast you begin to make there, the distinctions, Nick, because 
maybe even the way that we've set this up, Rob, oh, yeah. uh, an addiction to information. <laughs> Again, maybe that, that's wrong here. It's more. It was his idea. It's the. <laughs> I think what we're addicted to, we're, we're addicted to the, the act of informing ourselves in the sense of yeah. consuming. Yes. Again, what are you uh, calling it? Information is dicey, facts dicey, because it's a mishmash of all kinds of stuff, and we're not really usually in a position to figure out what. But I think what we're addicted to is the, is the, the trickle of intellectual stimuli. Like that's what we're addicted to. Because um, you don't get addicted to something higher than yourself something that draws you up. You get addicted to something lower. Mm. We're addicted to just like the the raw consumable data. Yeah. But when you actually like pursue in scripture or you or through hard real research some uh some issue that you really want to be informed about, it it puts demands on you. Like the 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 truth puts demands on you. It's hard work. It actually it has to does something to you. But but uh, the kind of information that we're addicted to consuming doesn't demand anything of us. It doesn't demand intellectual work. It doesn't demand that we go search down answers. It doesn't demand we actually change anything about our mm-hmm. lives. We're just we're addicted to the junk food mm-hmm. consuming of headlines well, and, and the and sense stuff. of control that it gives us, right? Like if I just know all the latest up to the moment tweets and whatever, then somehow that's going to allow me to survive this 2020 or 2021 bullcrap a little bit more than I would have without the information. So the sense of control over our lives and protecting ourselves and, um, yeah. If I just check my Facebook feed or my email, it will make me happy. But there is like good, healthy knowledge to have. And I think the temptation right, so on the other end addicted. is yeah. <laughs> I, excuses. No, I, <laughs> this is what this is right here. That, that step, the step, the denial. Yeah, right. denial. It's <laughs> getting started. Just kidding. We'll just work kidding. through this. Just Keep kidding. Going. Just kidding. It's my not name important. Pete. Go, Pete. There are How much of- time a day? Okay, go on, go on. <laughs> well, interestingly enough, I did just hear on the radio this morning that the average person spends two hours on social media a day, another four to six hours on any type of media, whether that's TV or news, whatever it may be. So clearly we have an addiction problem in the country and nation, and we'd all agree. And they said that in that same average study, that same person, if they're a person of faith, only spends about 20 minutes a week in the scriptures. So clearly there's an issue here with our priorities and where we need to put them. So we all agree with that. But I think some people seeing that incongruence there then kind of go to the opposite end and they embrace this idea of like a Benedict option. Like I'm not even going to care what's going out in the world. I'm just going to go in my own home. I'm going to raise my family and I'm not going to go out and, you know, care for other people or is, care for the poor or be engaged in politics. Is that a fair so characterization? Fair, are, you, are you saying the Benedict option a, is a negative thing? It's a good point, but the best, not a fair that characterization of the Benedict option. A limitation option. of some people who approach a certain way of life but it is not characteristic of those who would say the point stands. Point stands. <laughs> so maybe maybe leave, leave Rod out of this. Maybe man. they're using the Benedict option as an excuse to totally disconnect in an escapist way. There you go. That works. Dis- but I don't think dismiss- that's really a disconnection from information, though. So I think when we're talking about information, I don't think it's the definition you tried to give at the beginning, Nick, where okay. information has anything to do with truth, because we're just as addicted to opinions. And also not necessarily opinions that match ours, because people will read article after article or listen to commentator after commentator that disagree with them, sort of just to, like, get themselves fired up. It's sort of it's like this, um, I don't know, self-flagellating uh, addiction. You it's, do something that is that it, is not bringing you it's joy. Like, it's, it's, it's like, like when the confirmation bias. It's like when the toddler like like plays with his poop, you know, it's like mm-hmm. it's a little bit like that. <laughs> oh, you know, just like, <laughs> 
Oh, like we God. love the dumpster fire. We love just to see how. Oh, look at the. What the, are your well, toddlers doing, John? Think, Mark? Yeah, what happens? Let's talk about. If it not hasn't that. happened yet. You better, you better buckle up. <laughs> but uh, but I think even folks. So when you said that, you said the Benedict option of retreating from society. I sort of thought immediately where you were going to go with something like. Uh, the the Amish who sort of very much take themselves away. They're not watching CNN or Fox News or reading it. They've got their own newspapers and things. However, um, though I've never been Amish myself, knowing human nature as I do, uh, they would experience that for other things, right? Isn't that the root of gossip, right? I want to know what's going on. You tell me what's going on. And I refuse to believe that just because you don't have yeah. TV or Facebook, that you don't experience the same draw yeah. to be addicted to information. There's a great example of that in The Village by M. Night Shyamalan. Um, so, <laughs> Shyamalan. Yes. Shyamalan. Fantastic name. Don't disparage it. M. Night Shyamalan is one of the most epic names. M. Night Oh my gosh. So anyways, The Village is a great example of like these these um, adults that are trying to protect their children and their future children, and so they end up like buying a ton of property and building this like really antiquated uh, village inside of this massive barrier of woods all around, and to keep their kids from wanting to explore and venture out into the real world, um, they end up. Well, this is a major spoiler. Don't yeah, spoil the movie. The it, but I was gonna see it. Well, you haven't seen it yet? It has been out for like 20 yeah, years. Oh, I think you want to talk about it. I was going to see it again. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen I've The Village seen yet. All right. Turn us back on about five minutes. You've got five minutes. Yeah, go. okay. So five minutes starting now. Probably so more than this. So <laughs> the idea that is that they, in avoiding evil, um, they end up like resorting to evil in a sense to keep their kids afraid of leaving. So they develop this this you know myth of like, these creatures and they end up like actually building these costumes of, of these creatures and dressing up like them and having, you know, a watch guard to protect the village from, and they have these huge bells and, and, and like, so like an alarm system in a sense. And they end up this, this massive deceit that ends up getting people hurt, like really hurt throughout the process of, of all this stuff playing out. And you can't escape evil. Like you can choose good. You can you can cultivate good. You can cultivate goodness, but like you can't um, protect yourself from it. You can't protect yourself from it by hiding from it, or like by trying to pretend it's not there. Or lying to people for their own good, or lying to people for their that own. Never good. works out well. Yeah, right. Well, oftentimes the cure for an addiction, um, there's a, an addiction is usually a, a twisted attachment to something where there is good there somewhere. And in our attachment has made it evil or we're attached to an evil aspect of it. Um, and the solution is often not to uh, or the ideal is not to completely cut that out, but to have a healthy relationship with it. So it's not to shut yourself off from information and I don't want to know anything and I'm going to plug my ears and close my eyes and uh, just live in my own little world. Mm -hmm. But the the ideal of coming away from an addiction is to have a healthy relationship with whatever it is. Um, so to have a healthy relationship with information, I think. But if, if you're caught up thing. in the falsehoods of everyday life and this, all this information in front of you, you're just addicted. You know, mm -hmm. I do think we have a duty to es escape from it. If it's only for a time in pursuit mm -hmm. of the truth in pursuit of deeper things, you know, like to form a new habit or to be able to approach it again in a healthy way. Right. Well, this, I mean, yeah, this gets into this broader topic of habit formation and habit breaking bad habits, forming good ones. What's interesting about, uh, uh, I think, forming 
or breaking habits or connected to the virtue of temperance. So that's what we're going to talk about here. We have a desire, a craving for something. And how do you deal with that thing? Well, one of the interesting things about temperance, I think, is that if you're generally, if you're, if you're trying to, to build, a, build the virtue of temperance in regard to a thing, it's hard often to directly attack that thing. You kind of have to kind of go at it indirectly. So again, if you have it, um, if you have an issue with um, drinking, sure, there we go with that one. Your first line of attack isn't necessarily to just try to directly moderate that thing. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to build the virtues around that thing. You may need to take a break from that thing and build the virtues around it before you can return to that thing. And so there may be situations where, again, the, the ultimate goal is to to have a, a temperate relationship with these good things. But you may have to step away to be able to explore, well, what does that even look like? How can I really know what that looks like when I'm caught in that thing? You kind of have to sometimes have some separation from it to look back in and say, okay, what would it even look like to have a healthy relationship with information in this case? Mm-hmm. The medievals, I just want to throw in here as a couple terms. The, the medievals, the scholastics, Aquinas and, and others, they actually had two, two uh, terms in relation to kind of this, this issue. And that one was studiositas. We recognize the studiousness is kind of the, the root there, the, the relationship. Uh, and, they, and they called it curiositas. You know, we think of curiosity in a very positive way, but they contrasted studiousness, this virtuous, prudent study of things that are my business, that I should be studying, and I'm studying it at the right way, in the right time, the right degree, versus this curiosity, this craving for things that I, I really, like, again, I'm at work, and I'm craving to see what the latest dumpster fire from Washington is. That is this, this unhealthy curiosity that I, I, I don't have a handle on. It's not that I'm I'm never there's never a time or place to inform myself about political issues, for instance. Mm-hmm. But I have to recognize that even though that's the case, I myself might have this this addiction, this curiosity, mm-hmm. this craving that keeps me from ever being able to do it in the right way in the right time. And this curiositas is like it's it's killing our nation. It's yeah. killing dialogue, which we talked about in the last show, because all the networks they're geared towards these headlines yeah. that are just meant to catch you and grab you. And so right. when you go to even look about the news or study study what's going on, it's like you know Democrat destroys Republican in this conversation. You, you go and watch the tape, and it's just like. They had a civil discussion. They disagreed. Right. But like the headline was, you know, someone was just destroyed. And so it's really hard to have this attitude of study approaching these issues when everything is geared towards catching our attention because it's all about the dollars at the end of the day. So I, I think that drives the idol of seeking information more than anything. I don't claim to be an expert historian on this matter, but I think to the best of my memory, there was a fundamental shift in the way news was delivered um, on September 11th, um, if you remember that day. Uh, I don't know for sure if 24-hour news networks were a thing before September 11th. It's possible that they were. They certainly weren't as popular, I don't believe. And one of the things that that became a thing on September 11th was whenever you're watching the news and they have the scroll of other news going on down at the bottom. Yeah. Um, that was something that appeared for the first time on September 11th because so much – craziness was happening in our country and so as a response to um to these terrible terrorist attacks we we found security in knowing what was going on and there was increased fear in not knowing what was going on so as a response to that crisis they tried to deliver as much information and throw it at us constantly so that we wouldn't feel in the dark which i think is 
an appropriate response to that crisis. And so they would have someone talking, and then they also had updates scrolling across the bottom of the screen so you wouldn't miss anything. But I don't think we've ever moved out of that crisis mode that we're continuing to live now. Yeah. No, I think, uh, so I completely agree. Let me just say, I was checking some news, but um, (laughs) (laughs) surprisingly. I was going to call you out on it. I'm like, no, no, no. no, no." no. Uh, So it was actually June 1st, 1980, that CNN became the first 24-hour cable news Mm. network. So it started much before then, but certainly after. I think there was something about that date that really ramped things up, though. I think your example points out something interesting here. So curiosity, this curiositas, whatever, is referring to uh, kind of an addiction, a bad relationship with uh, information that has to do with desire, this craving. Mm-hmm. But there's uh, on the other, so so connected to courage, uh, by contrast, there's another reason we might be attached to information, and that's out of fear. So that's something worth thinking about. I mean, if you set your phone in front of you here, put your phones, phones on the table, everybody. Mm-hmm. Hey, you sit here for a while in silence, and... When you begin to get that urge for your phone, you need to inter- interrogate yourself a little bit. Is this out of desire? Is am I? Is my issue with the information a craving, or is it? Or maybe and it may be both these things too. Or is it coming out of of a fear? FOMO, fear, yeah, well, fear of missing out. I guess that's a little bit of both. The point here is, you, we need to recognize where these urges, where these desires are coming from, because that then gives us a sense of what do I need to do to fix this. If I'm driven by fear, and again, the, the media benefits by me being driven either by fear or desire, yep. then I need to, to go take that to the Lord and, and try to remedy that. You know, if, if fear is my issue, I need to try to set this aside and grow in trust in God because I don't need to be driven by fear. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that ties in exactly with, I think it was after 9-11 yeah. that things picked up because that was a fearful event. Everyone was afraid. And so the 24 hours news service really caught on. So that's where we're at. And and from that, then, because, I mean, we still do every day, all the time, even if it's a slow news day, there's still the ticker at the bottom of the screen, just in case what they're speaking about doesn't satiate your need for information. They will give you some more down at the bottom. Yeah. Um, but then that's turned into now um, one of the most genius, but also probably insidious uh, technological inventions was the infinite scroll. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, from a marketing perspective for a company that wants someone to use their um, app and the Awakened Catholic app is nothing like this. No, that is a, a virtuous no and holy. Scroll. There's no infinite <laughs> scroll there um, yeah. from someone who wants you to use um, to use their app. They're going to give you information in such a way that it feeds that addiction. And the infinite scroll constantly does that. You never get to the end. I wonder um, if anyone's gotten the end of Facebook. The, no there is no end. Saw it all. The closest thing, honest to goodness, the closest thing there is is, and it makes people angry, is on TikTok. Every now and then, the TikTok app has an algorithm, and it and it knows because it knows everything how long you've been watching videos, yeah. and it will put up a video from TikTok that says, "Hold on, you've been scrolling a little too long." Or funny. I, you, uh, how do you know this? Are you ticky talking? <laughs> I I'm on the TikTok. Um, <laughs> I'm on the TikTok. All right, uh, what's your yeah. handle? Uh, wouldn't you like to know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Father Jeff asked, wouldn't you like to know? Put it in the comments. Uh, <laughs> find it. Um, I, I consume rather than create on TikTok, <laughs> so don't get too excited. Um, There's all these dancing videos. Yeah, dancing videos but this Father is Jeff. sort of an attempt, I yeah. think, um, and, and maybe even a virtuous attempt, because I'm not sure what the monetary 
benefit would be for them to tell someone to stop using their right. app. But Limited people get bad press. Maybe people get so fired up by this yeah. and says, get this off my screen. Don't tell me I'm watching too much or the same thing with Netflix, um, which You're I don't still have watching Netflix. this. I exactly. And people get a little offended by that. When Netflix says, are you still watching? Yes, I'm still watching. Mind your own business. I'm going to watch an eighth or ninth or tenth episode. Um, But that's also the sign of of an unhealthy relationship to something. When your response to that is not, oh, you're right. I have been watching a little too much. Maybe I'll get up and walk around for a little bit. And again, part of our defensiveness is precisely because... At some level, an addiction has been has been surfaced here, mm-hmm. you know. And, and again, we can not talk necessarily about addiction in the full blown sense, but even in the in the subtler sense of a, a lack of freedom, an impaired freedom. I'm doing things that I don't fully choose or know why I'm doing. I'm I'm being kind of carried along by this thing, and that's the op. Like we're called to to freedom. We're called to be people who who love and give ourselves freely. And whenever we 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 find ourselves unfree. Like we really should take note of that. I think it's important with the, the discussion about information because part of what I think gets us caught up in this sometimes is that oftentimes we are consuming information that we consider to be good and useful and necessary. Mm-hmm. But that makes it difficult to, to, to separate um, the, again, the studious uh, research of information from our craving for it because, well, we're doing something good. But the thing is, if we're if we're cementing an unfreedom, if we're cementing an addiction, the problem is you're you're becoming a person who can't do any good with that with that information, even if it is good and true and right. Like you have to be a person of freedom. You know, the challenge today that I see though is like information is power in a lot of ways, and it's used so quickly, even in the political realm, and it's used to convince people of doing X, Y, or Z, or you know. Um, so, but this goes all the way back when I was at in John Carroll University, like some of the classes I had, history classes, was looking at certain founders in a negative light. And I felt like I had to go outside of my studies of the books that I was provided, read other books so that I could come back with different information that challenged those common views that I was pushed to believe. So in the same way today, I mean, you look at the way that news is presented, like Nick was saying before, you have an event that goes on and you're presented with all this flood of information, unless you take time to do further study into other information, you would just go along with the crowd and flow and say, yes, this, because X happened, then Y should certainly happen. When Y shouldn't most happen recently, because X didn't happen as it did. Most recently what happened, the, the riots uh, at the, and the rally at the Capitol, like you saw such uh, vivid and colorful portrayals on the news channels of what happened there. And I spoke with someone who was there and it was such a starkly different experience of, of what they witnessed and, and experienced there. Um, he, you know, he described that 90% of the crowds that were there had no idea that there was any violence because it was the crowds were spread up, spread out the way they were. And the, the instances of violence were so concentrated in small areas and they had no cell phone reception. So none of them even knew it was happening because they literally cut uh, phones from getting any reception in that area. And so it's just like. Everyone there was like, wait, there's violence happening? <laughs> like, um, and But as, the way you would think of it when you're looking at it in the news is like it was just this insane rampage and all this stuff. And just as a really relevant recent example of what you're describing. So getting down to brass tacks, I mean, what do you guys think on a daily basis yeah. asking for a friend would, <laughs> would be a healthy consumption of, an of news, of 
you know, information in this regard. I, I mean, would if say it's an idol, I don't, yeah. I don't think that we should strive to make this a necessary daily thing in our lives. I think it's important at times to know certain things, but I think each individual has to really look and say, how is this information enriching my life? What is, what is real value for me? And what is just my curiosity? I have some ideas there. So I think, I think one of the things is I think we need to start with the virtue of justice here. Okay. Start with like, there is a real objective hierarchy of duties and responsibilities in my life. First and foremost, to know, love, and serve God, you know, in the sense of, of worship and prayer. Like, that is my first relationship. And then I'm married, so it's loving and taking care of my spouse, and then my family, and then my job, etc. We can we can come to know that hierarchy. And so then, then when, we're, when we're evaluating the information that's out there and its usefulness to us, we have to position it in that hierarchy. Okay, it is, it is not directly, directly, it's indirectly, but not directly involved with my relationship with God, whether I'm up with current events. That's not the importance of that. It actually has very little bearing. Where it has bearing is that, well, in my ability to be a good father or a good husband or a good, to do my job or to do my ministry, then be there's a good some, citizen, to be a good member of the community. Those are also part of it. Precisely. Ministry. So those, you have to, I think you need to start with a, like an honest kind of sober uh, evaluation of what are those actual hierarchy of responsibilities and recognizing that that only directly affects something that's down on the chain a little bit. So it has to be kept in that proper context. Then once we have a sense of that, then the question becomes, okay, so in a, a, a given day, okay, there are, maybe there are, to, there are times where it's, it's an option, you know, that, that maybe this is how I use some of my time to, to check on the media or, or get to know what's going on out there. But there are other times it's just clearly not. Like when I get up the first thing in the morning, I shouldn't be like I even if if there's a place in my life for catching up on current events and trying to inform myself, the first thing I do when I roll out of my bed to get on the media is not it, or when I'm playing with my kids, or when I'm at prayer, or when I'm supposed to be working at my actual job. So that's a, a next level here is that well I can rule out a large portion of the day that really shouldn't be devoted to that, and I, I think but then a third thing is that especially when we've got something where we recognize we we wrestle with an attachment to. We should have a plan, you know, that, that it shouldn't just be when I have, when I'm not supposed to be doing something else and I feel like it, that shouldn't be the criteria. If we, if we know that, okay, I should take some time to inform myself, that should be a plan. Like, okay, <laughs> once a day or after lunch, I'm going to take a half an hour and work on this or something like that. Some plan so that I can know when I'm going past that because I have a craving John Mark, I think you've summarized that really well. I think we've had a great conversation today. Uh, Pete, I hope this has been helpful for you in your own life. <laughs> and your struggles. And your <laughs> intervention. Your struggles. I didn't mean to summarize um, it. I just was. But you did. You did. It was great. Uh, so thank you all for joining us this week. We will see you next week on The Catholic Men Show. This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hollow App. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hello.app slash awaken.